circumstance might be, Lord, because you are still God. You are still God when the sun is shining. You are still God when there's pain in the offering. You are still God. Hallelujah. And you are worthy of our praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We'll we'll take a few moments uh, just before we shift gears to just greet one another this morning. Can we do that? Just get around and greet one another. Blessed be the name of the Lord, oh, blessed be your name, blessed be the name of the Lord, blessed be your glorious name, hallelujah.
sing to the King. So sing to the King who is coming to reign. Glory to Jesus, the Lamb that was slain. Life and salvation, His empire shall bring. sing a song, a song declaring we belong to Jesus. He's all we need. Lift up a heart of praise and sing now with voices raised to Jesus. Sing to the
God is the lion, the lion of Judah. He's roaring with power. He's fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before him. And our God is the lamb, the lamb that was slain. The sin of the world, his blood breaks the chains. And every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb. And every knee will bow before him. the lion, the lion of Judah, and he's roaring with power, and he's fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before him. And our God is the lamb, the lamb that was slain, the sin of the world, his blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the lion and the lamb.
Altogether wonderful. Wonderful, Lord. Is He worthy this morning of our worship, of our lives? Lord, we bow before you today, bow our hearts before you, recognizing, Lord, that you gave all. You gave all for us. And Lord, I just pray this morning that we will recognize that and we will endeavor to lay our lives down for your cause. Sacrificial love for you, Lord. You're wonderful to me, so here I am to work. 
sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, oh, how great is our God. Oh, how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great is our God. The splendor of the King, Lord and Master. God, 
sing with me how great is our God and all will see how great how great is our God oh how great is our God sing with me how great is our God How great is our
morning and just praise Him and thank Him this morning. Because the Word tells us that He inhabits the praises of His people. Regardless of our situation or our circumstances, Lord, You are worthy. this morning and you know there's a, a heaviness on your heart maybe there's a, a heaviness on your heart for for a certain uh, situation or circumstance maybe it's an, even in someone else's life but it's on your mind and on your heart this morning can we just uh, take a few moments to just to lift those names and circumstances to the throne room of God this morning knowing that he hears us and he answers our prayers knowing that we can come boldly to the throne of grace hallelujah hallelujah so Lord we come and we bring every circumstance every situation, every person as we name the names and we name the circumstances can we just can we just trust him this morning can we exercise faith this morning believing that his word is true, that his promises are indeed yes and amen. Hallelujah. Lord, we bring every person who's ill, every person who's in need, every person who is, who is running from you, Lord, every person, every circumstance, every situation, God, that is ungodly or weighing us down, Lord, we we bring it, we lay it at your feet today, knowing that your word has said, come, come to me, you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Lord, we trade it today. We trade our burdens. We trade our cares. And we, we just take them off. We break them off this morning. We break them off. shackles, we just break them off. 
we just prophetically break them off. We just pull it off. We get rid of the handcuffs. We get rid of the shackles and the chains, knowing that, God, that you would bring, you bring freedom. Lift the burdens today. Lift the cares. Because whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, Lord of the service, is there anyone here that would, that they might have a, a spoken or an unspoken prayer request? If you want to share that request with all of us, that's wonderful. If you feel that you need to keep it um, private, but you want to acknowledge it, um, Feel free to do that as well. Does anyone have a, a request that you want to share that we can pray into? request is it on can you hear me okay is for my daughter who's been away from the lord for i don't know 20 years probably she's almost 40 so in the last two times i've seen her she has brought up god to me not in a defensive manner but but searching manner so i think she's close but i also think she won't be in the usual kind of way that she's comes back to God. It'll be different, but it will be just as real. So I'm asking for you to pray for her. Because I think I know the Lord has plans for her, her life. I think she's a, a warrior in the spirit. She doesn't know that yet, but uh, I think she is. And so I think she's really close. She just needs a little push. So I hope you guys are the push, as well as I'm pushing. Is there anyone else? Uh, I mean, you can you can share from where you're at. That's okay. You can share. Uh, you want to stand and just share. Just thinking about it makes me <laughs> cry. I had a unusual or a usual phone call last night, very late. By the time you were done, it was about 2 o'clock a.m. It was from my daughter. When she was about 13, she accepted Jesus in a Pentecostal church in Texas, Port Arthur, Texas. And she got baptized. 
We move to Mexico. And at the time she was 15. I don't know. Everything is just not right for her. She finds so many things that life has not done good for her. She's the one who always has been treated bad. She can't see nothing good in life for her. She has five children. She's married. They've been having so much problems. I have not said this in details before, but I have to. A while back, she hadn't talked to me for a year. I told you when she called. That was, <clears throat> she got mad again and broke her face and the window, broke the window as well. Told her children to run with their dad because she didn't want them. She called the police and said her husband tried to kill her when she did it herself. She's 28 years old. This has been going on and on. Last night again, and I talked to him. I said, I'll pray for you. He started saying, what's wrong with our God? Aren't we serving the same God? We have the Virgin Mary. We have this. We have this. They're in the Catholic Church. My daughter went from a, I don't know how to explain it, from a living God, what's alive, to idols. And she says she's happier there. To end this all, she said, the test, her therapist, they said that she had, she's schizophrenic. So she needs your prayer. I don't know. I can't. I can't judge them. But I told him, I don't care. I still have to pray for you, and I love you. But I need help. I need everybody to pray for Lisa and Alex, their five children. this morning and, and um, if we could if I'm just going to share a couple things as well if you could pray for Logan um, we're just going through a bit of a battle too and uh, if you could pray for Logan lift, just lift Logan up that uh, he, he needs our prayers and uh, my mom I just found out um, just on Friday that she had a fall in the washroom place and she's in the hospital uh, not sure how long but uh, there's a lot of needs here this morning, a lot of heavy hearts and, and if we could take a few moments um, would it be okay if we broke off into maybe like groups of three or four just for a few moments and we just we just joined 
hands together and we just begin to lift up some of these needs and, and maybe even in the, the group that you're in there might be some other things that uh, need to be shared and prayed for um, how many know that there's things that we can only leave to God God can only do it he's the only one that can he can he's the only one that can transform a life amen he can lead us in the right timing to say the right things in the right moments but he knows he knows the whole lay of the land so to speak he knows the strategy that needs to unfold and sometimes we just instead of us being the ones who's trying to make it happen we just need to allow god to lead us in the right time amen but he can change a heart he can change a life so if we could if we could break off into groups just for a few moments could, could we do that we just break off into a few groups Lord, we just pray that every prayer that's been uttered this morning, we know that, Lord, you've heard it. You've heard it every heart, Lord. You've heard every cry. You've heard every petition. And we know, Lord, that you're going to you're going to answer. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love and your goodness, your grace, your mercy toward us. And we know, that, Lord, that you are at work already in every life and every situation of which we have prayed over. You've interceded over. You are going. You are at work. Thank you for what you're going to do. We anticipate it in faith. Believe that God, there's going to be victory. Amen. Amen. You believe that we can have victory. Amen. He can bring the victory. Praise His name. Praise His name. Hallelujah. Don't want to break up prayer if it's still happening, but just wanted to take the time just for a few seconds here to uh, bring the announcements and, and then we're going to be receiving the offering as we continue to worship the Lord in our giving. Praise His name. Well, good morning again, everyone. Um, it's good to be here. Um, just want to mention, of course, uh, some things coming up on the calendar here at the church. Uh, of course, on Tuesday night, um, we're going to be having... Um, a water baptism class, and I know there's a few folks that are have indicated uh, the desire to be baptized on the 16th, and um, so that is on the 11th. That's just this Tuesday night at 6:30. If you can be here, we're just going to go over some things of a water baptism and uh, get some preparations for that as well. And um, and of course, we're going to be resuming our our uh, our prayer and Bible study and praise night on. On the 18th, I believe that's very important. And uh, of course, the next the next Sunday, on the 16th, we have our fall family reunion kind of kickoff. And uh, there's some details in in your bulletin. I think there's a, as I have up here, there's a little yellow half pager. And so we're hoping that everyone that calls Maple Street home will will uh, will be here. And um, as you can see, we kind of shifted some things. We're looking at, I know Penny was looking at the weather, and the weather doesn't really look favorable for an outdoor thing for that Sunday. So I know we have a hot dog machine here, and, pro, and, I'm, and some enthusiasm to make that thing work. So, and, I'm, and I can just see the coles, or not the coleslaw, but the, the sauerkraut and, and all that wonderful stuff going on at hot dogs. Tacos. If you want to bring taco, I love taco. Who likes tacos? So, um, 
So we're going to have hot dogs, but we're going to do a potluck. So, so again, a potluck, you know what it's like. Everybody brings your, 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 uh, your specialty. And so you bring tacos. I don't know. We'll bring an appetite. How's that sound? Amen. So uh, if, you got, if, you're, if you are really good with cheesecake, God bless you. I love you already. So um, we just, I just love, yeah, it's bad, right? It's, Ed was talking about asking how my diet was going this morning, and cheesecake was in there the last few times. So anyway, but I think we're going to have a good time and just to celebrate what God has been doing in people's lives and uh, just to kind of kick off a little bit of, I think the fall has already kicked off if we look around and see the trees uh, changing color, and, and, and uh, but it's beautiful. And of course, uh, just some of the, if you'll notice as well, Heritage House is starting back up on, that, on the 16th as well, and Sandy's involved with that. I'm sure that if anybody would uh, want to be involved with that, that uh, Sandy would appreciate that. And of course, we still have a need for volunteers in the sound and video, and uh, there's some information there to contact Ryan or even, even email the church office. I'm not going to cover everything that's in the bulletin. Please take time to, to read that as you go home. Stick it in your Bible. Stick it on the, the refrigerator. Uh, and uh, just to help you remind you of, of what's taking place uh, coming up in the fall. We're going to ask our ushers to come at this time. We are going to be kicking off the children's stuff again. So coming up. So just keep that in mind. But the children are with us right now. But we're going to receive our offering, tithe and offering as we worship the Lord in that way. And so if we could have the ushers come. Give us a hand. I see them getting ready with the plates right now. Amen. Amen. Praise his name. So we can put that on the screen this morning. Let's say this. Let's 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 declare this together. As we receive today's bless you as you give. I'm going to ask uh, Ed to come. He's got a two-minute two minute sound bite. Two minutes. <laughs> I just want to give you a victory report. Uh, uh, we're going to go see our son back at the U of A uh, after services today, but he came through the surgery successfully on Wednesday. It was a long surgery. It was about six hours long. Um, and I know that the prayers were instrumental in all of this prayers of the saints for people here people our family back home other ones that were praying um, Brian got probably the best doctor you can possibly get he specializes in heart transplants and, and lung transplants and all that he's at the U of A very very experienced doctor and you know the grace of God is just wonderful because when they had him open for surgery for a heart uh, valve replacement they also noticed that his uh, aortic, aortic root was compromised because of the other problems. 
And that could have been missed. And if that was missed and it burst, which it likely would in the condition it was, it's a death sentence. There's no time. Two, three minutes, you're bled out. And so they also replaced that, and they replaced another uh, uh, artery that was up there too. So he got a full heart condition <laughs> replacement. Uh, yesterday, they took him out of uh, intensive care. They took out the drains from his lungs and his uh, carotid uh, arteries and his other arteries. He was hooked up like the $6 million man, whatever. But uh, he still has an external pacemaker on there just making sure he's up and walking and eating. Uh, they were amazed at the unit that he was in because people just aren't doing that. He's younger than some of the other people that are there, but I believe it was the prayers of God that did that. Also, it's galvanizing my family. My family is a, a Roman Catholic background, and uh, they've been praying, and I've been talking to them on the phone, and uh, it's really galvanizing together, and they're hungry. See what good things God can take out of things that we think are, you know, it's just a wonderful story. So I just wanted to thank you for your prayers. We really appreciate it. And, and if you want to continue praying for a, a speedy recovery, because I know that was one of the prayers, uh, we really appreciate it. So I give God the glory for that and for my son's life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 It's good stuff. Amen. So if you get your Bible or your, or your digital device, whichever, ever, how many of you use digital devices when you're looking at this stuff? I, I see the ones with that are young. Yeah? Lots of youngins here. So uh, if you can turn with me to Ephesians 4, just for a few moments this morning. Ephesians chapter 4. Um, yeah, as each part does its work. Um, Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to be looking at, um, at verses really verses 11 down to about verse 16. Believe it or not, believe it or not, when I was about 14, about Ethan's age, I became a bodybuilding enthusiast. Now, I, look, I, I, I realize, look, look, don't, I know what you're thinking, I know what you're thinking, it's evident, right? It's evident that I was a bodybuilding enthusiast at the age of 14. Obviously, it's obvious it's obvious. You're, you're probably thinking, uh, I think you're building in the wrong areas. Okay? You're building in the wrong areas. No, I, I was. And, and, uh, and uh, I used to, I had a friend who had, um, he had a whole bunch of old muscle and fitness magazines. And um, I'm just going to move this out of the way. A whole bunch of muscle and fitness magazines. Probably from like the late 80s, early 90s, that sort of and I was uh, really good friends with the pastor's son who lived in our community. And uh, we, we actually decided to take a Sunday school room and put our weight bench in there and, and put the weights in there. And when, you, you know, when you're like 14 and 15, it's probably really not a great smelling room to go into after we've been there. But uh, yeah, so we're, here we are. We're interested in... in getting pumped up, and uh, reading Muscle and Fitness magazines, and, you know, listening to what now would be called classic rock music, I guess, I don't know, anyway, so we're, we're in there, uh, and we're, we're exercising and all that stuff, because we're seeing these, these pictures of these guys with like 22-inch biceps, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Lou Ferrigno, the Incredible Hulk. 
from the 70s. And uh, I really like one guy, his name was Franco Colombo, because he was more my height. But he was really, really strong. And uh, so, yeah, we were kind of immersed ourselves in, into that. And because, uh, you know, we wanted to build a, a strong physique. And I'm still working on it today. I'm still working on the physique today, even with cheesecake. So here we are. We're looking for inspiration. And I remember um, reading about Schwarzenegger being a guy who, who was like 16. He was tall and skinny and soccer player, comes to America begins to, to uh, you know, take up a bodybuilding career. And he said, he said this, he said that, I think it was uh, uh, Steve Reeves or, or, or one of these guys, Reg Park, Steve Reeves, were these kind of guys that he would, he would have on his wall, and they would serve as inspiration. And he wanted, of course, to be a movie star and all those, all those things. He had really uh, big dreams. And of course, we know that he went on if you do your history at all, you'll, you'll know that he went on to win 13 bodybuilding uh, championships, world championships. But what's, what, the reason I mention that is because uh, even though I was an enthusiast at that time, not quite as an enthusiast now, I'm just glad that I can actually lift anything. But uh, I want you to know this morning that God has called me to be a bodybuilder. Did you know that? And I think that God has really called all of us to be part of that to be a bodybuilder. Because in Ephesians 4, verses 11 to 16, it says this. It says that, now these are the gifts. Everybody say gifts. But these are the gifts. And when you think about getting a gift, you think about the person who gives the gift, and oh, isn't it wonderful you gave me something that you see as a value. And so he says these are the gifts that Christ gave to the church. And he says this, this is Paul writing, he says, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. And he says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. There it is, building up the church, the body of Christ. And he says this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of, the, of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, that's a pretty tall glass of water. And then he goes on, he says, Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth. But instead... We will speak the truth in love, growing into every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, his church. He makes the whole body fit perfectly together as each part does its special work. It helps other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy in growing and full of love. That's a pretty good picture, wouldn't you say? Would you agree this morning? That's a pretty good picture. So, Father, we come this morning, and we just ask the Holy Spirit for your help. And... Uh, we just ask this morning, God, that your word would speak to our hearts and that it would not just change our hearts toward you, but it would change our actions, and it would change our affections, it would change our motivations, and it would change our perceptions. We ask this in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen. You know, we, we, we have a, a really common term, and you 
may have even used it today. I know I've used it already a number of times. But how many know this morning that there's a really common term we use? And that term is, is, is the word church. We use the term church. And, uh, you know, we think, well, we're going to church. Really, we're going to a building. Would you not agree? It's really a building. I mean, you could call it the church house, kind of where the church gathers, right? Because how many know this morning that, that really the church is the people, right? We used to have our little hands. Remember the little thing we used to do with our hands? Like, this is the church, and this is the steeple, and up the door, and there's all the people. Well, we really got it wrong. It's bad theology, right? Because it's not the church with the people. The people are the church. People are the church. We are the church. And so, really, it's the people that comprise the church. And the word church is used in two different ways, primarily in the New Testament. I don't know if you knew that or not. But, two main ways. Greek word is ecclesia. Ecclesia, yes, there it is. Thank you, Ed. Uh, I had two different ways of pronouncing that coming out at the same time. So, it's used 115 times in the New Testament. Mostly, mostly in the book of Acts, mostly in the writing of the Apostle Paul and in the general epistles, and at least 92 of the 115 times, so it's approximately 80% of the time, the word refers to a local congregation. I know, I know it sounds very, like, theologically, you know, way up there, but that's what it means. It means a... So when Paul typically uses the word church, and you can see it when he's writing to the church at Ephesus, and he's writing to the churches, churches in Galatia, and he's writing to the church at Philippi, Corinth, and so on, Paul is writing to a local expression of the body of, of Christ. And he uses it, he uses uh, also, when he's referring to the church, we know that he's referring to the church universal. And there is a universal church. How many know that God is building his church all over the world? And we are a part of that. And it's flourishing. And it's exciting that we are living in a day when there are, are scores of believers coming into the faith every single day. The Lord is adding to the church daily those who are being saved. And so 92 times out of about 115 times, we notice that it's a local congregation, because I think it's important that we, that we set that context just a little bit, because in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, he refers to the church in Rome, as I said, uh, the church in Corinth, as the body of Christ. So here's a, a church in Rome, and here's a church in Corinth, two different cities, and he refers to both of them as the body of Christ. So I don't know about you, but I'm kind of guessing that we could likely say that the church here at Vegreville, the church in Vegreville is the body of Christ, but also this gathering of people right here today. We are an expression of the body of Christ. Would you agree with that this morning? I'm just checking to see if we're on the same page. Good, good. So most often, a local assembly uses the word church, he uses the word body of Christ. And it's important that we lay that because 
it makes a lot of sense when we begin, we, we can apply this to ourselves as, as we look at this, because there's two, there's two primary commitments that we're going to notice here in this text. Two primary commitments. First of all, there's the commitment that Christ has made to us. How many glad this morning Christ has made a commitment to us? And it's not just about his death and resurrection and it's the hope of him coming again, but, go, but as we've already noted in the text, Christ has given us gifts. He gave us gifts, and we, we noticed that. And so in verse 11, it says, it was he who gave some, some in the body. He says, now these are the gifts that Christ has given to the church. What are they? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay, so these are... These are people who have different sorts of giftings, different functions within the body of Christ. And there's a reason why they're there. And we already kind of alluded to that there a few moments ago. How many know, though, that Jesus did not do his work alone? Anybody agree? Jesus didn't do his work alone. You read the Gospels very simply, you'll notice that Jesus called these disciples, these apprentices with him. And I remember when we were, like, I think, didn't we have a little book? And in the book, there was all these little faces of all the disciples, and you turned the book, and they were like 3D or whatever. And the kids were scared of this book. But I thought it was a pretty cool book, because it was called The Twelve Dudes Who Did. The Twelve Dudes Who Did. Keep that in mind. The Twelve Dudes Who Did, okay? They did something. And so we know that Jesus had called these 12 dudes. The Bible calls them disciples. We can call them dudes, right? Can we do that just for a moment? So he calls these dudes to come and follow him. And we know that in the Bible, it talks about how he taught them the kingdom of God, and he modeled the kingdom of God. And later on, he, he gives them, and he, he sends them out in around Luke 9 or so. He gives them power and authority to go out and, and to do the same kinds of things, to preach the gospel, to cast out demons. Yeah, there's really there are really demons. We still believe that, right? evil spirits, heal the sick, raise the dead, all those kinds of things, and these guys come back, and because they were out doing, okay, they're out, they're the 12 dudes who did, and they were doing, and they're like, whoa, Jesus, this is so cool, because even the demons are subject to us in your name, and so here was Jesus, he's, he's building up this team, because how many know that that serving in the body of Christ, that serving the world is, is not just a lone ranger thing. He wants us to work with as teams. I think that Jesus kind of laid that example down. Because the idea was that the disciples, these 12 dudes who did, were, were to be people who would be trained, they would imitate the teacher, uh, not only in his character, but also in his charismatic ministry, and to be all about the mission that he, for which he came. How many know that Jesus, one of the things that Jesus said about his mission is that he had come to seek and to save those who were lost? And we're going to look a little more into that in the next series that we do. We're going to go into a little more detail. But we know that Jesus had a mission, that he was sent. The Father had sent him. He had sent the Spirit, and the Spirit sends us to go. And so the idea here was that Jesus was putting together uh, this team. And Paul understood when he explained to the believers, because he's not only showing that there's responsibility on these gifts, but he's also going to talk about a little bit about the role that the others also play. So one of the things you'll notice here is, is the NIV puts it this way. What is, what is the reason? Why does Christ give these gifts? 
of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teachers. Why does he do that? Well, look at what it says. It says to prepare God's people for works of service or to equip the saints, as it says in the King James Version, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. I know that sounds kind of weird because the culture, church culture for a long time has been like this, is that there's ministry that needs to be done. There's things that need to be taken care of. There needs to be, this needs to be led and this needs to be done and da-da-da-da-da. So we hire a pastor to do it. Isn't that, a, isn't that kind of interesting? That we tend to hire the pastor. He says, okay, pastor, you're to, do the, you're, you're to pray for the sick. And that's not that the pastor shouldn't pray for the sick. But you're to, 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 to visit this and you're to bring encouragement and you're to counsel. And you're to, so you have all these things that we do. But what's interesting is, is that really what that ends up doing, if you put it all on one person or even a few people, what that does is it creates a very um, ineffective church. Would you agree? It's kind of like if you went to the football game, which I was watching and almost fell off the treadmill last night, watching Edmonton beat Calgary. I was actually, when the, guy, when the Edmonton player received the football, I actually thought I was running on the field, and that's why my foot went over here as I'm looking at the TV screen, and I almost like, it's a good thing Ethan was there to make sure I didn't fall and break a hip or something. Because every time I'm on something, and I'm watching the football game, or I'm watching the hockey game, I think I'm the one... You know, and, and I notice the heart rate's going up. But I'm watching this last night. But wouldn't it be kind of crazy if the coach was the one on the field trying to do all the plays, and the guys in the green were up on the stands, you go, coach, yeah, you go, right? No, instead the coach is on the sidelines cheering the team on after they've had time to practice on the field after they've had time to build their skills, after they've had time to run their plays. And so the coach is on the, the sidelines with the players on the field, and they're in the game. And how many understand that that's the idea behind it, is that Jesus has given gifts to equip. So this is about getting prepared. Amen? Pre preparation. I used to get really upset when I... How many, how many know this morning, it's, it, one time you could get a job as a, when you were, because you may be 15, 16 years old, and you're working in the backyard, and you're learning how to fix carburetors, right? One time you could fix carburetors, and you could change tires, and you could change the oil, and you could do mechanic work, and probably if, if a guy was at a garage and he needed to hire somebody, one time you could get a job. And you could come under somebody, and you could learn. My father did that. So my father became a mechanic. He, because he, it was at a time when you could do that and get away with it. You didn't need a diploma on the wall. But how many know that there's people who put you in, in school and they help you to learn and you come under the guidance of someone who's licensed. They put in the hours. They've got the training. They've got all the equipping that they need. Now they can be someone who can bring someone under their wing and can apprentice them and help them to learn the the skills, and all the things that they need to do to be able to do a proper job. And that's, how many know, that's really what Jesus' template is, is that we recognize that when we are involved in the church, it's not just to come and sit 
And it's wonderful to worship God together. But how many know the idea here is that we have apprentices in training? Because God has really set it up so that the church is really a place that we get trained to do what Jesus has done. How many would agree with that? To come on, I might be onto something here. Do I have it all figured out? I don't have it all figured out. Well, at least I got that far. Because how many know this morning, if you, like, would you agree this morning that, that credentials are s- sort of important? And when I say that, is that if you went to the dentist, I don't know, have you ever done this? I went to the dentist, I went to physiotherapists, I went to doctors. I went to, you know, to the comp to see the guidance counselor, and I get looking at walls. Anybody ever look at walls? And, and, I, and I see that on the wall there's the physiotherapist, and they graduated from a university and took physiotherapy. That's really good. I feel good about that because they're going to do something with my shoulders and arms, right? Or how about you go to the dentist? So when we were back east, the dentist what we go to, most of them graduated from Dalhousie University. I felt pretty good when I saw a diploma on the wall that said that they actually graduated from Dalhousie University with a doctor of dental surgery. I'm glad. Thank you, Lord. I don't have a roofer working on my teeth. Right? Or you go to the mechanic. Because he's really your car doctor, right? I, I was pretty, I, I felt better when I looked on the wall and I actually noticed that these people had actually gotten trained to do what they do. Amen? Because what they do is pretty important. Would you not say that when you open your mouth and someone starts sticking a drill in your teeth that you really hope they know what they're doing? Because the next thing you know, it's zzzz, and stuff's flying everywhere and spit's going everywhere, and you got your, your sunglasses on. You hope that they're really drilling that cavity out of there and going to put some filling in there and not just going to leave you with a big hole in your mouth. You agree with that? I think I'm kind of, kind of practical this morning. I was really happy when, when we took Elizabeth and she had to have her surgeries done, that there was skilled surgeons, that they understood what they're doing. This isn't, this isn't their first rodeo. They know what they're doing. And see, it's interesting that by the world's standards, we value that. We value that these people know what they're doing, that they've gotten the training they need to do in order to carry out their vocation. Well, I want you to understand this morning that in the same way we need to be trained, we need to be equipped, we need to be taught, we need observance we need guidance we need that in our lives because there is a work that's even more important than dental work there's a work that's even more important than than any anything else that we were looking at whether it be fixing your car or or getting physiotherapy there's a greater important work in the world that we're, to which we are all called to do and that is we are called to continue the mission that Jesus began We are called to continue to teach. We're called to continue to preach. We're called to continue to bring healing and and salvation and deliverance to a world that is lost without Christ. There is no greater calling. There is no greater vocation. And how many know this morning that it should be something that we see happening within our church? So we're called to be equipped, or they're called to equip. Why? For the works of service works of service, work of the ministry. I remember when I was a kid and we, we had testimony services in the evenings. And I remember people standing up and they might be, you know, 
they're, they're more seasoned believers and they get up and they would share a testimony and they would say something like, I'm really glad, you know, that I've been serving the Lord for 20 years or 30 years or 40 years or whatever. And I used to ask myself the question, well, okay, they've been serving Jesus all of their years, but what have they actually been doing? What have they been doing? And I think sometimes we kind of think that, okay, well, they're coming to church and they're coming to Bible study and they're coming to the prayer meeting. And those are not bad things, by the way. I'm not saying that they're bad. But what have they actually been doing when it comes to serving Jesus all of those years? Because James tells us that faith without works is dead, that we're actually, to, and this isn't to do with your salvation, this has, actually has to do with the fact that if we, if we have faith, works will follow our faith. Does that make sense? So this is not about a reformation a squabble. This is not about one theology versus the other. It's just simply that if we have faith, something will follow our faith. It's kind of like when when it's reported in Mark, you know, that these signs will follow those who believe. We, got, we get it backwards in the church now. We've got believers following and chasing signs. Hello, you got that one? Believers following and chasing after the signs. And going from one revival and going to one meeting and going to one conference and one seminar, and they're chasing, they're chasing this and they're chasing that. It's like, you know, the, the train comes along and, and it's this... And it's this ministry, we just go we go wherever it's going to go. And then when it kind of fades out, we just hook on to something else. But really, it should be that the signs and the wonders follow those who believe. Amen? So faith, works, follows our faith. And the Greek word for work is translated into deed, doing, and labor. Now, I know that that's dirty words. Work is a dirty word. It's a four-letter word, right? Work is a four-letter word. But the idea is that the work to which we are being prepared to do is work that will further the business of the business owner. And Jesus understood and was deeply committed, he was deeply committed to the work that the Father had called him to do. Even when in Luke 2, he's in the temple, and Mary and Joseph are looking after him, and, 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 and during the Passover was a time when he said, I must be about my father's business. The business is simply this, that he has called us into the business of partnering with him to seek lost sinners, to rescue them from the slave market of sin. He's given us a ministry of reconciliation, and therefore we are Christ's ambassadors. So he's preparing us, he's equipping us, and the reason is for works of service, and look at the next part is this. You say, why be equipped? Why work? Well, it's to grow to maturity. Maturity. Look what Paul says. So that. When he says so that, how many know that sets up the reason? Amen? So he's given these gifts, and this is what these gifts are there for, so that. That states purpose. Amen? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness in Christ. Now remember the foundation we laid. This church is the body of Christ. Look at, notice what the, there's a word in there. Notice this word, it says, until. Until. Ask yourself, have we reached 
unity in the faith. With 40,000 different denominations, I'm kind of thinking probably not. Unity in the faith. Have we reached the full knowledge of God's Son? Have we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of fullness in Christ? I got a suspicion, and I want to suggest, I have a suspicion that we still have a lot of bodybuilding to do. I still have a suspicion. I don't know, what, what do you guys think? You think that maybe the work isn't quite finished yet? That there's still things that need to be done? That maybe we're not quite there to the whole measure the fullness of Christ. I'm thinking like, you know, the whole measure. Like that's the, you know, when you, when you look at a recipe and it says a, you know, one cup of flour. You don't just put in half a cup. You reach in and you, you make sure that it's a full cup, right? You shake it up a little bit. You, you, you maybe you just kind of take the knife and you scoop off the top. But you want to have a full cup because that's what the recipe says. Well, here's what Paul says about this recipe. He's saying that this is the reason why these gifts are here. This is the reason... Because there's a goal in mind, and the goal is reaching unity in the faith, knowledge of the God's Son, and attaining maturity. It's interesting, in Paul's day, if you go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I think there was still some work being done right there. He talked to them as, he said to the Corinthians, he said, you guys, you've got all the spiritual gifts in the church, which is fantastic, but there's something that you're lacking. And he said, you guys are, are really acting very carnally. You're acting worldly. You're act, in fact, you're actually mere infants in Christ. Think about that for a minute. They had all the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but there were still babies. And he says, I gave you milk, not solid food, for you weren't ready for it yet. Indeed, you're still not ready. But how many of that's what kids do? Spiritual kids. Spirit, I mean, our kids, when we used to go out and say, hey, guys, where do you want to eat? You know what they told us? We want to go to McDonald's. Right? McDonald's. They didn't really want to go to McDonald's for McDonald's. They wanted to go to McDonald's because they wanted to get a Happy Meal. They wanted the toy. It didn't matter if it was Star Wars or Disney Pixar or whatever it was. It was the toy, or the hot toy of the day. But they'd see the commercials. They'd see the advertisements. They wanted to go to get the, the toy. Who cares about if the food kills you? We just want the toy. And then once we get the toy, we want to go into the playroom, right? And play with the needles that are in the, in, in the, in the things of balls, right? Right? And, 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 and you, you see where I'm going? This is, this is the way we think when we're, when we're not growing up. But see, it doesn't matter if the food lacks nutrition, right? It doesn't matter if it's full of fat and salt and going to bloat you and too many carbs and you know, carcinogens or whatever, it's because we want the toy. We want the toy. Yeah. That's why it's so important that when we gather for training, we gather for, for, for equipping, that we, we look past the, you know, the, the happy meals and the toys and the cotton candy, and we say, God, I, I, need, I need some good, solid meat because the meat builds muscles, right? And guess what? Yeah, because that's what bodybuilders eat, right? It's like steak and, and, and fish and chicken and eggs, like 
One guy was eating like 30 some odd eggs every day. And his cholesterol was actually pretty good, but it's amazing. And then you'd do and you'd go and train and you would do resistance. And, and uh, yeah, so good food builds you up. Amen? Because you need the nutrition. But kids don't want to read the labels. They're not label readers. You get more conscientious about reading labels when you get a little older. Because you got to watch your sodium levels, right? And so it's the same when we go into we go into the Bible and we look at how many know? Look what Paul said. He said, he said that then you won't be infants tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Okay. So think about how you're on the sea and you're just being blown here and blown there. The wind comes along, blows you over here, the waves catch you and take you over there. Well, how many know there's so much stuff going on? within the general church, that there's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of teaching, and all kinds of ideas, and all kinds of things out there that are, that they seem pretty interesting, and, and they seem like they might be right too, but how many know we got to be like Bereans too, right? We need to test the stuff out. Because, how many know we can be destroyed for lack of knowledge? But look what he says, an infant's tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Can I just make a statement this morning that not every person who writes a book, puts out tapes, writes a blog, and it's Christian content, that not everything is always going to be bang on. Because see, you can, you can get 90% truth and you can still get 10% falsehood. You agree with that? It's out there. And if I gave you a glass of milk and told you 90% of that what's in that glass is, is good for you, but 10% is poison, would you drink it? Glad you wouldn't do that. That's a wise thing. So we need to be careful because it's about maturity. But then there's a commitment. So that's the commitment that, G- that Jesus brings, three things. I'm going to go a little faster here. The commitment to the members. So Paul tells them about the gifts from Christ. It's about equipping, it's about building up the body of Christ, about the unity, knowledge, maturity. It's about growing up. But notice what he says. He says that he says that we will grow up. He said, as a truth is spoken in love, he said, and we will grow up in Christ and be joined and held together by every supporting ligament, will grow and build itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does it work does this work? I'm going to put it another way. We, the body of Christ, this local church, will be united. We will grow in our knowledge of Christ. We will mature. We will be joined together and held together as we do our part. How many of you know this morning we all have a part to play? And it's very important. Your part is important. You being here this morning has encouraged me. Do you know that? When I look down and I see certain people maybe I haven't seen for a little while, like in two weeks, I get encouraged because you're here. I get encouraged because of your prayers. When I see people worshiping God, it encourages me to worship. Each part does its work. What does it mean? What does it mean? Notice, notice some of the, the things that Paul is using here. He's using body parts as, as metaphors. He's saying that as, as, the, as the gifts that he's given work with the, with the members of the body, then there's going to be health in the body. 
health in the body. Notice what he says. He says he talks about ligament. He talks about body. He uses the same kind of metaphor, the body of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 12, he used the human body. And he said in verse 18 that, that God has arranged the members of the body to serve different functions, to possess different gifts, to have different talents. But all the members of the body were necessary in order for the body to function properly. Would you agree with that? It's pretty important that everything's working right. And so, ask your question, what would happen if your liver decided, you know, I think I want to take a break. I think I'm going to take a three-week vacation. I'm just going to shut down business here. See you later. Like, I'm just going to have a little nap for three weeks. What do you think that would do? Or how about, I don't want to be a part of the body anymore. I just want to leave. Or only decide to work half the time. Or how about your heart? What if, what if your heart said, I think today I'm just going to stop pumping blood for a while. I need some time off. I've been running a long time. You know, maybe I've been running for 44 years. Dawned on me I'm going to be 50 in six years. But what if, you're, what if, what if, what if, what, what if your immune system you know, what if you had a virus in your immune system? Said, nah, I just think I'm going to, you know, take some time off, not going to do anything. What would you think? Would, would, it, would it work well? Would you be healthy? And how many know this morning, every body, every member, needs to be committed, functioning, for the body to function properly, united, joined together, doing our part. And remember, it wasn't long ago I, I had mentioned about how when it came to the body of Christ, it was sort of like a worship team, a band. Everybody has different gifts. Everybody has different talents. Everybody has different role to play. But when you bring it all together, it makes beautiful music. It makes beautiful music. How many know that's why we need each other to serve one another? Another, you know, quote-unquote, washing one another's feet. We, we need to serve humbly. We need to love one another. We need to be devoted one to another in brotherly love. We need to submit one to another. We need to encourage one another. We need to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We need to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together because there's strength in that. We need to not give up meeting together. We need to be united in one heart, one purpose. Forget the divisions. How many know that that's what the devil wants to do? He wants to cause strife tension and divisions. He wants, he doesn't want unity here. He doesn't want health here. He doesn't want a properly functioning body because how many, when you have a properly functioning body that's healthy, it can work to accomplish that which God has called it to do. And God has a calling on us individually. He has a calling on this church collectively. And in order for us to be able to fulfill that, each part each part needs to see itself and say, you know something, this is bigger than me. This is bigger than, than me. This is, this is about together building up the kingdom of God. Would you agree with that this morning? If you do, could we, could we, could we just stand? Could we stand this morning and, and could we? Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord. you this morning, but I, I thought it was a pretty wonderful thing to see everybody holding hands and praying. And um, there was a theme that was happening here. But wasn't it wonderful that there was a need and everybody came together and everybody focused as one, united. And that theme was not only that There's also lost people in this town that needed Jesus too. And we held hands together and we interceded. I don't want that to stop. I don't want that to stop. And I want to issue a challenge that when we have prayer meeting, be here. Leaders, be here. We need intercession for our town. Corey Randall popped by and we had a probably a two or three hour meeting with Corey. He's our assistant district superintendent. And he shared this story. And I want to share this story because, folks, when we come together and we become united and focused, great things can happen. When they went to Bonneville, he said that he and his wife were ideas people. But God turned off the tap bring them to a place where prayer and intercession had to become a priority. And he told me the story, and this is only one of many. And he may tell others because he's going to be coming here for a few times to share. But he shared that there was a guy who was an oil patch worker and he got off of work and he went home and he was just relaxing and going to do his thing for the evening. Maybe even have a drink or two. And knock, knock, knock on Corey's door. And this man is weeping, he's sobbing. You'd have thought somebody had passed away in his family, or there was a tragic accident that had happened. And you know what he told Pastor Corey? He said, something told me, I need to come here and get saved. It's a man who didn't know God. His background was not the church, was not his culture. And yet the Holy Spirit, because of a praying and an interceding church, the Spirit of God reached that man and brought conviction to his heart and his need for salvation. Now, folks, I know that that's one way God works. He works in multiple different ways. But how many know that when we begin to say, God, this is your mission, but we're going to partner with you. We're going to do our part. We're going to get on our knees. We're going to pray. We're going to get out and we're going to share. 
We're going to get out and we're going to reach. We're going to be your hands and feet. We're going to do all that we can. And I like this. There's a, in the Pentecostal testimony, there was somebody who had a little blurb and it said, pray all you can, give all you can, and do all you can. Can that be what marks this congregation? Is we are a congregation of prayer, we're a congregation that's generous, and we're a congregation that's active. Because there are many who need to come into the kingdom of God. And that is what Jesus' mission was. And that's what he's called us to be equipped for. And as, as we do our part, how many know God will work in our midst? Amen. You believe that this morning? I do. I know this sounds kind of Sunday schoolish, but could we... Could we lock up with somebody next to us as we close the service? I know we kind of um, did this earlier as we prayed, but but there's a simple little Sunday school song that just goes like, you know, when we all when we all pull together 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 get the right chords when we all pull together. How happy we'll be, for your work is my work, and our work is God's work. When we all pull together, how happy we'll be. Now, there's not a lot of pulling here. you got to get some more pullers. Don't be shy. Look, we got, look, they're leading us. They're leading us. So let's get some pulling. I'm not leaving until we get pulling. When we all pull together, together, together. When we all pull together, how happy we'll be. For your work is my work, and our work is God's work. When we all pull together, how happy we'll be. Amen. We've been called to work together. We've been called to fish together. And when fishermen don't fish, can you fill that in? When fishing, when fishermen don't fish, they fight. It's true. Amen? When the fishermen don't fish, they fight. And it can bring, yeah. So let's be fishermen that fish, and let's fish together. Let's do it as a team. Amen? Because that's the way it worked. They cast the net together. The Sea of Galilee, it was, they, they cast it together. They brought it in together. They celebrated the catch together. And uh, so God, Lord, we come as your fishermen. We come as your body parts in this body. And Father, we thank you for the gifts that you have given to the church to equip, to prepare, to release, to train. And uh, we thank you for those gifts that aren't even here, that we sometimes we have people come in that have different gifts to bring to the body of Christ. But Lord, at the end of the day, help us to remember that there's a big mission, there's a big job to do. And Lord, help us to reach Vegreville and see it transform one soul at a time to see this community transform for your glory and your honor. May this town be, may the, the drug abuse be gone in Jesus' name. 
This, got a, this is a town that has a drug problem, and I pray, Lord, that it will have a Jesus solution. Lord, all of, yes, break the drug habits, break the alcoholism, break all the dysfunction in families, Lord. May we, may we pull together to do this so that, God, your glory can be seen in this community. May this community be a bright and shining light in Alberta and in, and in, the, and in, the, and in the, the, the country, Lord. Lord, help us to be about your kingdom and see your kingdom come here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.